What's good, guys? Welcome back to the Brighton FC podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing the transfers that Brighton should get. Okay, so first, I think I think Mopo's been good this season, but I do think we should get another good striker. We have signed um, Dennis Undav from Royale St. Gilles, but he is actually staying there until the end of the season on, on loan at his former club. So uh, next season, we'll, we'll get him. But I think more depth in the midfield would be good. We, obviously, Ibasuma is great and all. We've got Lalana, McAllister, Moda, but I think just another type of player like Basuma would be beneficial for the side, I think. You know, our defence is pretty solid, to be fair. We've got Kukurella, we've got Lamptey, we've got uh, Shane Duffy, we've got Lewis Dunk, Adam Webster, Joel Veltman, you know. But I also think that we've got Jason Still, don't we, still, as a keeper. Yeah, and Sherpen. And I think that that's good as well, that we have the amount of goalkeeper choice. Like, if uh, Sanchez is injured or if he's got international juicy, we have that backup option, which is still a very solid choice. Like, um, Jason Steele, we actually played the Villa game. Uh, Brian away at Villa, we lost 2-0 uh, because Sanchez was, was sent off. And he actually performed very well, making great saves. And to have a, a very good goalkeeper, which is number two, is beneficial for your team. Like, have you seen Liverpool? Um, they've got Kyamin Kelleher. He's great for the side. He's beneficial for the Liverpool team. And Klopp was saying something about he's the best number two in the world. They just won the Carabao Cup. And he was a, been great. He looked great. He looked solid. He looked better than some first Premier League goalkeepers. You know, I think that Brighton, yeah... And now, let's talk about the recent results. Now, our recent results have been shocking. Last two games, we've at home, we lost 2-0 to Villa, and 3-0 to Burnley. Let's take a... Let's talk about the game against Villa. So, I didn't watch the game, I wasn't there. But, I was checking my phone for school, and... The first goal was by... Matty Cash. second one was by... Ollie Watkins. Now, I don't know, I haven't seen the highlights, but... It's probably a offence. We need Dan Burner's big loss for us, you know. Him, his, him going to Newcastle was a big loss for us, you know. And um, I think we need more depth at the back. When someone says like, when Dunk's injured or someone, we have Webster, which has been he's been great this season, obviously. But I think the main reason how these Villa team or the attack is getting past our defence is when the defenders push up, and there's a gap between the goalkeeper and the defenders. And then I just think, oh, Dan Byrne was a big, huge loss for the club. I think he's doing great at Newcastle. Shout out to big Dan Byrne. He's, he's a great player, mate. But also, I think the Burnley game was shocking. 3-0. Home to Burnley. They were 20th at the time. Valverde, of course, does look good. He got one goal and an assist. And then was it Brownhill and... I can't remember. But yeah, that must have been shocking, that game. I wasn't there, of course. I wasn't there again. But that must have been shocking. You know, we must have been all over the place there. To concede three goals to Burnley. That's ridiculous. We didn't even concede three goals to, to Man City or Man United. But we can concede three goals to to Burnley, which is it's very shocking, you know. <laughs> so, um, let's move on to Brighton's next game, which is away at Newcastle. Big away trip. I unfortunately will not be going. Bit too long of a trip for me. But I think that will be a tight game. I think it'll be a close game. And Dan Burn against his former club. I think away it's going to be a very difficult game. The fans, the Newcastle fans, will be definitely up for the win. But I think if we just 
play very defensively to start with and try and catch Lucas out in the counter-attack, I think we could possibly do it. But then they got some nice attacking players with the likes of Callum Wilson, Ryan Fraser, Alan St. Maximam, you know. But you never know. Obviously, Kieran Trippier being injured to the rest of the season is a big loss for Newcastle, you know. But I think I don't. We haven't really seen much of Bruno Gomares, their new signing, centre midfielder, because Newcastle in a mass transfer window. You know, they're buying loads of players. But I think Newcastle will be up for it. I think that the last few games have been alright. The last game was against Burnley. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Burnley, was it? No, it was. I forgot. I forgot. I'll check it now. Actually, their last game was against. Oh, away at Brentford, and then won two 0 and um, Yolington scored, and uh, Joe Willock. Joe Linton, he's a good player, I think, but I think mm, I don't know. I think Joe Willock's a good young player as well. To be fair. Joe Willock. Yeah, I think Joe Willock was. He was from Arsenal, I remember, yeah. So, yeah. Now, let's, um... Now, wait in Newcastle. That would be a very tough game. But, I think that we could possibly get a result out of that. Maybe just a one or draw or something, because we are the draw merchant of the season. But, to be fair, I think that our attacking this season has been very good. I think on the wings, we've been great. So, uh, the Burnley game was shocking, obviously, and now moving on to Newcastle away, which will be another challenge. And after that, we have home at Liverpool, which I will be attending. And I think that game is going to be very challenging. Liverpool are looking amazing this season, possibly challenging for the title. But Man City, I would say, are probably running away with it a bit. But you never know, there's a six-point gap between Man City and and Liverpool, and Liverpool have a game in hand. So if Liverpool win their game in hand, then it's three points away. Liverpool have better goal difference than in April versus Manchester Liverpool. So I think it could go either way. But home at Liverpool is a very challenging game. Liverpool are going to expect the win. Brighton are going to be up for it, hoping at least a draw, hopefully. But we're going to be very... The atmosphere is going to be amazing. It's going to be electric. All the fans are going to be chanting, singing the whole game, because we need to cheer on team on to try and get this at least a point or maybe even three. You never know there's been upsets before. <laughs> like away at Liverpool. Let's talk about away at Liverpool when we played them earlier on in the season. It was it was a two all draw in the end actually and I was very happy with that. We were we were two 0 down and um Trossard and Mwepu we managed to bring it back to two all which is absolutely incredible. You know. That was amazing. I never thought that two down to Liverpool you expect maybe three or four now. But no, we brought it back. We were determined. And we succeeded to get a point in that game, which was beneficial at the time. Because at the start of the season, we were like second in the league. We were amazing at the start of the season, you know. And just like, that's starting to lose a little bit now. We're starting to lose a lot of games now. Our last two two games, we've lost three games actually in a row. Man United, Burnley and Villa. Before that, we got away what for that win. But we need a win in these few coming games. Otherwise, we're going to drop down the league. We are. And if we're not, if we're not careful, we can drop down quite far in the league. I'm not saying we're going to get in a relegation battle. We're not. We are safe for the season. And if we start getting more wins, that aim for Conference League, that's not over. 
it's not. Maybe Europa League and Champions League, hundred percent Champions League. Europa League, you never know. Things have happened before. Conference League, we want Conference League. You know, we've been great this season. We never expected it. I thought we were going to be down on the table at this point in this point in the season, but no, we're not. We're sit. We sit currently tenth in the table, which is amazing, mid table. But I think that if we start to get a few more wins, a few more wins, and maybe a few draws, we can go back up to where we are. Because Southampton actually overtook us. After their win against Norwich on a Friday night, actually. But yeah. I think that. We've got a lot of challenging games to come up, though. We've got to go to Man City still. So we've got to go to Spurs. We've got to go to Arsenal. All these tricky away games that. They're going to be very challenging. But I think the boys, hopefully, can do us proud and hopefully do it. You know? And. Yeah, hopefully, uh, succeed. And just get a good place in the table, you know. So let's talk about Neil Mope this season. He's been absolutely incredible. This season has been a revelation for him. He's scoring eight goals this season. He's scoring, he's getting assists. He's been absolutely amazing. These last minute winners he did against Palace and Southampton is absolutely incredible. You know, he's setting up goals like that assist against Leicester when he put the ball in the box and Welbeck held it down. That was amazing. He's scoring loads of goals this season. He's our top goal scorer. Last season, didn't really rate him. No one really did. I thought he was bad. We need a striker. But then this season, he's proven everyone wrong. And now everyone's like, oh, Mope. He's amazing. He's got eight goals. Top scorer. Yeah, he's, he's not far off the top scorers in the Prem. He's one of the top scorers in the Premier League at the minute. He's got like one goal off Ronaldo or something. You know, he scores loads of goals. That's If we didn't have Mopa this season, we would be down further in the league. Because we need that one person, that big goal scorer. Every team has it. Liverpool got Salah. Man City have got... Ma well, Man City's a bit of an exception. They've got loads because they're a big striker like Aguero. Man United have got Ronaldo, you know. West Ham have got Antonio Bowen. You know, Chelsea have got... Not really Lukaku, I would say. I think it was like Mount Havertz, really. Chelsea have been very bad this season. We can talk about Chelsea for a bit, to be fair. They just lost the Carabao Cup final to, uh, to Liverpool on penalties. Kepa, what is that penalty, mate? You sent it all the way to Watford's training ground, mate. <laughs> all the way from Wembley. <laughs> um, well, I think I watched the game. <sighs> there was a few offside goals in that game, a lot. Was it three from Chelsea and one from Liverpool? Chelsea, you need to... You're offside rule, mate. You're not under seven. Offside is when you are in between the goalkeeper and the last defender, but not if you're in your own half. I think they need to understand that in training. <laughs> Tom Suka would be like, you need to know offside, guys, with Premier League. And I think that, yeah, it, well, this season, I mean, they've won the Colorball Cup now. They got the Super League last season, Super Cup. Apologies for that, I'll cut that. Um, They got the Champions League as well last season, obviously. But this season, they've been shocking. Everyone expected them to be challenging for the title, maybe even getting the title. But nah, they're third place, 10 points of second. 10 points of second. And you never know, they might not even be able to get top four. When they're playing at this rate, Lukaku's been shocking. Havertz has been not getting much game time. Mount's been good in against bad teams. Pulisic has been alright. They don't have that goal scorer. Everyone thought it was going to be Lukaku. Lukaku, this is going to be insane. He's going to get top scorer. He's going to be insane. He's going to be the best, one of the best players in Premier League. No. When all that stuff about him opening up to this Italian journalist about Inter Milan, that sparked a big 
conflict in the Chelsea team. You know, <laughs> if he wants to go back to Inter Milan, fair enough, but you can't do that to a just an Italian journalist. If you're unhappy at the club, you go to the manager, Thomas Tuchel, and he can sort it out with you. But you don't just open up to an Italian journalist, and then everything sparks up between social media, everything goes right up through the roof, and boom, now everyone hates him. But this season, 110 euros, and he scored, what, five goals, a few goals? I think that's a waste of money, personally. Everyone thought Lukaku was going to be amazing. He was decent at Inter Milan. Good at, decent at Man United, decent at West Brom. I mean, overall in his career, he hasn't been amazing. He's been decent, decent striker. But I think the best striker in the Premier League right now, I don't say I don't think who it is. To be fair, I mean I don't I wouldn't say Jota position. Jota can play left wing and striker, really centre forward, really. But I think Man City need a big striker, I guess. But hey. They don't really need it, to be fair, because everyone else is scoring goals. Bernardo Silva's been amazing this season. Cancelo, Diaz, Man City. That's why they're going to win the league. Because their players are world-class. They're world-class. Winning 5-0 away at Sporting in the Champions League. Like, that is mental. They're going to be one of the favourites to win the Champions League. You know? Obviously, got Sterling's been decent this season, actually. Everyone's not rated Sterling, really. Up and down for Sterling. But I think Sterling is... I think he's actually a great player, really. I do think that this season he's starting to get better. His pace is amazing. He's got good shooting. Scores a few goals this season. I think that's a good player that Man City kind of need. And everyone thought, oh, Sterling, you having a laugh? He's really rubbish. Well, no, I think this season it's a revelation for Raheem Sterling. In the Euros, he was amazing. Scoring that goal against Croatia. He's just getting assists. Oh, that was amazing. Sterling was in, in the Euros. I think he's been in players in, in clubs. They're not... Amazing, but then when they go to a competition like Euros or World Cup, that makes them better. Like Pickford, he's never good for Everton, really. He's okay, he's decent in places. But no one really... But then England happens, and he's absolutely amazing. He flies through the roof for England. Saves the penalties in the, in the Euro final. Unfortunately, we did lose to Italy, Italy. But like players like Pickford, who doesn't shine for Everton as much, but shines for England more... I think Sterling's one of those type of players. But this season, that's kind of to be proven wrong, really. Because this season, Sterling's been amazing for Man City. And then for the Euros last year, he was amazing for England as well. That type of player is world-class when they're shown for the country and club. And, yeah, I mean, the PSG game, did he score? I think he did score in one of the PSG games. PSG. Let's talk about PSG now. They've been absolutely disgusting this season. They've been awful. Everyone thought they were going to win the Champions League. Oh, look, they signed Messi. They're on front They've got Neymar, Messi and Mbappe. Oh, my God, they're going to win the Champions League. I don't... First of all, they're not winning the Champions League. They're losing to Ren and Lille. Not Lille. Um, and Nantes. They're losing to these small clubs in Ligue 1. Messi's not getting that much goals. I don't think... Well, I, think I don't think he had a choice in the transfer. I've never rated PSG really. I never thought I would if I was a player I wouldn't join PSG, the club. You're in a farmers league. You're in it's just a money club, isn't it? It's all about money, the owners and billionaires, all this, all that. There's only a few good teams in the league and maybe one or two. You've got Marseille and PSG maybe. And that's kind of it. Maybe Monaco creeping in. But the league uh league for a biggest country as France, you expect the league to have better football teams, you do. But no. It's one of the worst leagues in Europe, I think. I don't know. I think leagues like 
the Portuguese league is definitely going to be better than Egon. Like Porto, Benfica, Sporting, Braga, Bacos de Falera. You know, all these good teams in different leagues. And then Messi, he leaves Barca because I don't think they can afford his wages or something. Joins the Farmers League. And still can't really score as much. And then you look at the other players like Ronaldo, who's joined the best league in the world. Playing for not the best team. I think he should leave in the summer, by the way. And he's one of the top scorers. You know, everyone's saying Ronaldo, he's a bit then. He's, remember everyone, he's 36 years of age. He's playing for a club that is not good at all this season. Who are bound to get a new manager. But this club is is, is awful this season, Man United. They got that win against Leeds the other week. 4-2, was it? But I think, Man United, I think at the end of the season, Ronaldo needs to leave the club. Maybe go to maybe America, the MLS, you never know. Go to Inter Miami or somewhere like that, maybe. I don't know. Or just go back. Maybe go back to Real Madrid. I don't know. Uh, but I don't think Ronaldo should stay at Man United. I do not think that he should. Because it's just t- such a bad club. Everyone thought at the start of the season Man United were going to be much better than they actually are. They're currently at fourth in the table. I do not know how they're fourth, by the way. They're absolutely shocking. I think part of the reason is the manager. They don't have a proper manager, really. they got Ralph Ranić, who is... Not really that good, to be fair. I don't rate him at all. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was, was rubbish. I think in the summer they should go for someone like Michel Pochettino. And he could possibly save their club. And if they start to get better, Ronaldo they might not necessarily leave. And just need, they just need a manager to sort of like get some sparks together with a team. Try to play them a bit differently of how they would normally play. You know, just to sh- sort of like, look what um like David Moyes has done to West Ham. Look at that. Before West Ham were needed getting relegated, and now look at them challenging for like Champions League places. Like David Moyes, he's, he sparked into Antonio. They've got like the Bowen from Hull City, and now look at him—he's amazing this season. Jared Bowen. Let's just let's talk about Jared Bowen now. Jared Bowen, he deserves an England call-up now. He has been West Ham's probably best player this season, I would say. He's getting goals, assists, name it. You name it. West Ham, this season and last season, was it last season they finished 6th. This season they're battling for the Champions League. And they're in the round of 16 of the Europa League. They've got a wet Sevilla. They've got Sevilla in the Europa League. Which I think will be, will be, a, will be a struggling game, I think, for West Ham. But I think if a good West Ham team's come out, they can beat anyone in the in Premier League. And maybe they can beat Sevilla. Because this season, West Ham have beaten Liverpool and Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> Both 3-2. <laughs> like, West Ham, on their day, they could be any team in the Prem. Maybe not, maybe Man City's the only exception. But they could be anyone else in the Prem on their day with good. Like, at the start of the season, Mikel Antonio was incredible. So those goals got man of the m- player of the month. It was absolutely sensational. But now he's sort of dropped up a little bit of form. When the players do that, they lose confidence. And that means they don't play as well on the pitch. And I think that Mikel Antonio, he's still a great player this season. But I think that at the start of the season, he was much better. He was top scorer for a bit. Got player of the month in August. You know, but now that eh, he's okay. I think Declan Rice as well. Declan Rice. Talk about this man. He is amazing. West Ham. He's the captain of West Ham. No, that's, that's normal. Apologise, I'll cut that. Declan Rice is one of the best holding midfielders in the league, maybe even Europe. 
He's in the England squad. He's an amazing player. I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the season, a big club, try and get him, like Chelsea or Man United or something like that. Because the way he's playing on the pitch at the minute, it's like that's he's world class at the minute. He's playing absolutely world class. You know. And I think that... I don't know if he'll want to leave West Ham or not. But big clubs are going to go for him. Because that's how things work now. A good player at a small club. And boom, that's gone. Ben White for Bryson. I don't. I wouldn't say he was the best player at our team. He was on the at Leeds. And then we saw him, he was good. But we have best, better centre-backs than him. And then boom, he's gone to Arsenal. To be fair, he's actually been decent at Arsenal. And obviously the rumours about Lamptey and Basuma... Like rumours about Basuma actually going to a Villa in the summer. I think Basuma can do better than Villa. Lamptey's been... Uh, Arsenal, Spurs and Man United are all looking at Lamptey. Alright, if we can keep on Lam- keep hold of Lamptey, that would be amazing. Because he is definitely one of our best players this season. He is so good every time I watch him play. He does some skills on the right-hand side, gets past the player, puts cross in. Every single game he plays, he does that. That's how consistent he is for Brighton. Every single game I see him play, always does his little bit on the right, running down. His pace is amazing. Always doing that bit of skill, get around an opponent, put ball in, maybe even a goal. But Lamptey's so young. I think he's 21. Let me just get a quick check of that. Tarek Lamptey, he is so young. Tarek Lamptey, he's 21 years old. And he's doing that at 21. That's sensational. Absolutely sensational. 21 years of age. And he is doing better than most right-backs in the league right now. The better right-backs this season is Rhys James and Trent Alexander-Arnold and Cancelo. Cancelo's a left-back, but he's definitely one of the best right-backs in the league this season. Don't call me deluded. I'm not being biased, but I do think that he has been absolutely sensational. He got after that injury, I thought he wouldn't. He's not going to be the same as he. But no, he's came back from the injury, and he's been stronger than he was before the injury. I think he picked it up against Fulham, was it? Last season, he was out for like a year. Big loss for the club. He comes back, and boom, already he's in, doing all this skill, doing this, doing that. And boom, he's helping the team so much. And yeah, I think that's it for the day. Thanks for listening, and goodbye.